Okay, Phil, take us in. Can you fucking believe it, sir? Yeah, well, I can. This is uh, sort of a theme. This is our downer episode. Yeah, it is a downer, but at the same time, it's it's not in that, you know, we will celebrate the work of one person. And, uh, you know, it sucks that he decided to end his own life. But, you know, nobody really knows why. But... As that's what Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is our Tony Scott cast. And it's you know what? It's Scott-tastic? It is. It's Scott-tastic. It's Scott-tastical. Okay. And... Not Scott-tastical. No. <laughs> I, I completely missed that. <laughs> I know. I Oh, my God. Phil's already condescending to me. Um, but honestly, like, this guy was one of my favorite directors of all time. And I really, really, really was shocked when I heard what happened. Yeah. And nobody really knows why at this point, but I'm sure it will all come out in the wash. But either way, you know, whatever happened, happened. But, uh, you know, I have seen pretty much every single movie of this guy's, except for his first one, The Hunger. And um, what was his second one? Top Gun. That was his second one? Okay. Yeah. Then, yes, every everything since Top Gun I've seen. Everything? Yep. All right. Every single one of them. And honestly, I love the guy. I thought his... I mean, honestly, if if I was going to have a style of my own... Yes. Uh, his was as close as I could come to what I wanted mine to be. Fair enough. And really, I mean, it's... You I know, know, I know. You've had that position for a long time. And now me, I've always been on the opposite side of the Scott brothers. I'm the, I'm the Ridley Scott Yeah, you are. You're the Tony Scott Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's why we get along so well. <laughs> It's like we can both just say, you know, hey, fine, you know, you you have this one, I have that one, whatever. Yep. Let's go the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You say tomato, I say fuck you. <laughs> That's unkind. Stuff. I know. But, you know, it's funny though. Well, shall we do them uh, yes, in order? I we guess? should. I think we should do them in order. And some of these some of these I have not seen. There's, I know. there's a big gap. I know, and you know what the funny thing is, is we were talking earlier before I came over to record the podcast, and you had said that you hadn't seen some of them, and I was like, wow, really? Like, I mean, they're big movies that you haven't seen. They're not really big movies. Beverly Hills Cop 2 is not a big movie. I have no idea. Okay, yeah, it It's is. an Eddie Murphy movie. I don't really watch Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that was Eddie Murphy at his height. Okay, we're getting ahead I of ourselves. seven. Okay. Okay, fine. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh-huh. So let's uh, start off with The Hunger, which neither of us have seen. I've, I've seen it. It's oh, you a, have? It, it's been about 15 years. But, you know, it's much more Ridley-esque, I sure. think. You know, it's it's David Bowie and Susan Sarandon right. and, 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 you know, they're vampires. And it's all, you know, smoky. And it looks like a lot like Legend. You know, okay, that kind sure. Of, yeah. That kind of aesthetic. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the smoke machine was... Heavily used by him in yes, later movies. In all movies, I <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that hunger. I mean, you know, it was a it was a big flop. It, mm-hmm. know, people people didn't know whether it, if Tony was going to make it. No, no, yeah, that was a big flop. In fact, I was reading uh, online. He said something along the lines of, "I didn't know if I'd ever get another job after that." Pretty much, you know. And so you know, I, I mean, he was making commercials. Yeah, 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 but you know, he he didn't know if he was going to get another feature job yep. ever. 
And then somehow you get something big, like Top Gun, except, I mean, I guess maybe it wasn't expected to be big. Well, yeah, and, you know, the thing about Top Gun, I think, is that, like, it was sort of like, it was one of those moves of, like, let's push all our chips on the table. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they had, I mean, it was Bruckheimer, and, uh... You know, before they were really Bruckheimer Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. This this movie made these everybody oh, yeah. involved: Tom Cruise, the Bruckheimer Oh, everybody, and Tommy Scott, and even somebody like Val Kilmer. Yeah, you know, I mean, it made him too, really. Yeah. Iceman, Iceman, I love Iceman. <laughs> In fact, and here's a weird story I will tell you: when I bought the um, Top Gun uh, like model kit yes. when I was a kid, I didn't want to be. I didn't want it to be Maverick. I wanted it to be Iceman. Oh. <laughs> so you had a choice because they gave you both decals. Yes. And you could decide whether you wanted to be Iceman or Maverick. Yeah. And I was Iceman. <laughs> you know, it's funny, this movie. It's it's literally one of the most homoerotic films ever made. Oh, it is, yeah. And, and Quentin Tarantino had it right that it was all... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go the gay way Go or the whatever. gay way, man. Let's yeah. go the gay way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, too, is it's like that movie had a huge impact on. Yeah. I mean, on even it, just action film. movies. Yes. For the next twenty years. Yeah. And they always say, you know, uh, Navy recruitment went up by like fifty percent after that movie mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you know, this is the guy that did it, basically. Correct. Um, it's never been a favorite of mine. I don't know. Like, you look back at it now, and it's it's pretty cliched, but it also made a lot of those cliches. Sure. So it looks worse in hindsight than probably it did at the time. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's the thing. Those cliches weren't there at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, it made Tom Cruise, and it made, I mean, to an extent, it made Anthony Edwards even. And well, no, Meg, Meg, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that he wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Top Gun, really. And even Meg Ryan was in that movie. Yes, she was. She was indeed. As a fresh-faced, off-the-bus from Kansas junior. <laughs> and, of course, who can forget Kelly McGillis? I can. Aww. I swear to God, Kelly McGillis is a man. No, she's just a lesbian. She's... She's a very well-disguised man. And Kelly McGillis, I loved you in Top Gun, but I just couldn't ignore the fact that you probably have a penis. Oh, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we'll edit this out. No, we won't. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Top Gun, okay. So everybody takes notice. Top Gun, you know, everybody loves it, right? Correct. So the next movie he makes is... Beverly Hills Cop 2. Which I loved. And I've never seen. That's that's the one that kind of actually really surprised me that you had not seen. Mm. Because, um, I I mean, honestly, I thought that like everybody had seen it. <laughs> I mean, I, really. I think, honestly, it, it was probably only like seven or eight years ago when I saw Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Well, you I told mean, me just, that you didn't see 48 Hours. Never seen either of them. Well, 48 Hours, to me was never and everybody always points to 48 hours as the movie that like made Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. But I honestly do think that Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 were the ones that really did make him. 
Now, you were telling me, I believe, that, I mean, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, the original, is a fairly genial little, like, more of a comedy. It's, like, And you were saying Beverly Hills Cop 2 is different. Tell me It how. is. It's completely different because the first one is sort of this sort of pedestrian, like, um, it's, it's, it's more in the vein of, like, the 70s action movies where it's sort of gr- gritty almost or, uh, you know, there's not much style to it or there's, it's just telling a story and it's this cop, you know, whatever. But Beverly Hills Cop 2 was real flashy and as Tony Scott tends to be, very sort of um, slick and uh, like, Again, flashy. Yeah, and uh, it it was it was Beverly Hills Cop Two was much more entertainment than Beverly Hills Cop One, which was more of like, oh my god, this is like this guy who's from Detroit, and you know, no, no, I think it's totally opposite. Beverly Hills Cop One is almost a comedy. It's like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Well, it is, but I mean, it and was, it's not gritty at all. It's much more gritty than Beverly Hills Cop Two. Well, not having seen it, but to me, this 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 felt like a Woody uh, a Whoopi Goldberg movie. You know what that? You yeah, know, it's not gritty at all. Well, the reason that it's not as gritty as you may think it might be is because it has Eddie Murphy in it. Mm. If they put somebody else in it, then it would be a completely different movie. Well, sure, but and, the eighties was the was the era of comedians making like. Thrillers and action pictures. Yeah, do you know who they wanted to put in Beverly Hills Cop? Hmm. Sylvester Stallone. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought oh. like, oh, oh. <laughs> but no, they they wanted to put Sylvester Stallone into Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, I can kind of see it, but you'd have to you'd have to title it, you know, Philly Cop or something, right? You know, or uh, you know. Uh, the Bronx cop. Right. Hey, you know, what do you guys doing out here? You know, you got big houses and shit, you know. <laughs> LA's so weird. LA's, you know, weird and stuff. Yes, exactly. So, But I will say this. I know we're, we're moving on, but... Well, no, I will, no. I, talk as much as you like about Beverly Hills Cop 2. This is- I love this movie. I honestly thought that, like... Um, it, and another thing that was nice about this movie was that it was really well cast. Mm. You had Jurgen Prochnow hey. as the bad guy. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, who who can replace Jurgen Prochnow? And you have... Yeah, well, yeah, they're basically <laughs> the same guy, right? Not really. One's a lot more goofy. Though. I know, right? You bore me. And tell me where that's from, Twitter people. But, um, and, um, what's the, uh, the, the blonde chick's name? Bridget uh, Nielsen. She, ironically enough, was in this movie as, like, this statuesque blonde, like, crazy person, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, this movie was originally meant for Sylvester Stallone, and he fucking married her. Yes. Um, however, he, she did have an affair with Tony. Well, good for you, Tony. <laughs> yeah, it I caused mean, the breakup of his, like, I don't know, second, third, fourth marriage, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't looked it up enough yeah. to know, but 
honestly, like she was, she was in that movie. It was um, uh, Jurgen Prochnow was the bad guy, and um, Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold and that other guy. Yeah, the other cop guy. Yeah, yeah. He whatever the like hell his name was. Now. Really? Yes. The other guy. Really? With a mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. We got. We got. Somebody that in, guy. That guy lives in Colorado. Yay. Yeah. But no, I love that movie. And it was so different from the first one. Mm-hmm. And it was flashy and it was slick and it was... You always talk about Roger Spottis Woody. Yeah. As being a very slick guy. Do but I? I think... Yeah, you have in the past. But um, uh, I think that Tony Scott is a very slick guy also. Well, that, to me, and we'll get to it. I think there's there's a there's a disconnect that happens somewhere in the mid '90s where he becomes yeah. less slick and more right. more about distorted camera. You're you're totally right. You're exactly right, and I would not argue that for a second. So, okay, from Beverly Hills Cop two, he went to Revenge. Revenge. Kevin uh, Costner, Madeline Stowe, and Anthony Quinn. Yeah, you know this. this now, now, from a career perspective, this seems like his someone someone what to watch over me. You know the, yeah. the weird Ridley movie no one knows. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, and I've seen the movie, but honestly, it's it's not a good movie. Really, <laughs> it's and Kevin Costner is completely miscast. And I just talked about how the movie before was very well cast. Uh huh. Kevin Costner is not the guy to play the guy in Revenge. Yeah. He he's completely miscast. Uh-huh. Cause you always I mean, watching that movie, even when I was a young kid, I was like, Kevin Costner, really? He's this likable guy. He likes to play baseball with his dad, you know? He's Bull Durham. Yeah. He's Bull Durham. <laughs> hey Bull Durham, how are you? He <laughs> tin cup. Yeah. But I was like, this is not the guy who is going to be in Revenge. Revenge. And then Madeline Stowe. I mean, really? I, that movie was completely and totally miscast. <laughs> I, again, I have never seen it. Oh, it's... This, hey, is, this is my dead zone. For oh, me. yeah. You know what, Phil? That's okay. I'll cover for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully the listeners will be all right with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, it's it's... That movie probably, as a script, was really good. Maybe. And and honestly, you know, if it had other people in it, I'm not saying better people because I have no problem with Kevin Costner and Madeline Stowe. Right. But um, it just, it was completely miscast. There is no way that I'm buying Madeline <laughs> Stowe as this, like, sort of, a vengeance-driven woman who hates her husband and, you know, uh, Kevin Costner as, like, this guy who's like, I love you so much, I'm going to kill your husband and blah, blah, blah. I just didn't buy it. Fair enough. There are plenty of movies out there like that. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I think that that movie would have been a good movie. With somebody else. Well, even with Tony Scott, but just cast differently. Right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Madeline Stowe, shit. I mean, who <laughs> who cast Madeline Stowe at this point? Oh, she's oh. on TV. 
Um. <clears throat> okay, so next is Days of Days of Thunder. Top Gun on wheels. Yes. Now I I did a, a it's been so long since I've seen this movie. Oh Phil, I've I seen this movie in, like six months ago. Tops in, like <laughs> in the early stages of my Nicole Kidman obsession. Oh yeah, long long oh, ago. Oh yeah, when um, she still had the uh, Nicole Kidman fro. Yes. Yes. Um, her first American film, the one she got married to. Was Tom it the after. first one? Yes. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's very smoky. Let's just say <laughs> yes, that. it is. <laughs> it's very um, uh, uh, Duvali. Yes, it's not a great movie, shall we say? It's not. It's fun. <laughs> it's not a great movie, but it's fun. I was. I think I was reading that uh, they essentially didn't have a script when they started. <laughs> when they started the movie, and, does it really matter with that movie? And Robert Town would send out pages, you know, every day, like, "Hey, go shoot this," and they'd go shoot it. Um, but, uh, you know, and Tony really regretted that. He's like, you know, this is the movie that taught me that you have to have a script before you start shooting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might be a nice thing to have. You've got to have a story. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a good idea to have a script before well, you start shooting maybe. a hundred million dollar movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie did like bananas box office though, because they said from the director of Top Gun. Yeah. And there were, people were like, Really? Awesome. <laughs> the entire creative team that brought you Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. Brockheimer and Tony Scott. And, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. It, the funny thing about that movie, I love that movie only because it is so cheesy. It is like the ultimate cheese movie. <laughs> really? This is true. No, I, I mean, I, agree. I, I seriously challenge anybody involved with that movie to... Say that no, this was a serious movie. Like we really wanted <laughs> no, to no show. No one would take that, that right. Yeah. It's like you know, we wanted to show the serious side of NASCAR. Oh yeah, you know, it's like really no with, with wheelchair races. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rental car, you know, like oh, we have uh, insurance. Ha ha, wink wink. It's like really, you know, come on. And you know what the thing is, though, is that, like, with Tony Scott, apparently he shot it and made it as if it was that movie. Like, it, as, as if it was uh, Top Gun. Yeah. All over again. And it was Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise at the time was, like, a big star. And that was the movie that made Nicole Kidman a big star. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have to get naked in it. Which I sort of resent, because oh. I like seeing Nicole Kidman. Well, a couple of years later, she would get naked in Billy Bathgate. Yes, completely naked. And the movie before, in Dead Calm, she would get naked. Yeah, so, Nicole Kidman, if you're listening, I appreciate the fact that you got naked. <laughs> I do, believe me. That was a... That was a believe turn. me, honey. Believe me. What the fro doesn't <laughs> detract from the fact that you didn't... You had a fro downstairs as well. Ah! She did in Billy Bathgate. I don't okay. remember. Okay, sorry. I will stop talking now. Yes. Okay, so after uh, Days of Thunder, which was basically Top Gun Two. on a racetrack. Right. Yeah. So after that, what was it? The Last Boy Scout. I love this movie. Again, another one I've never seen. This, I feel honestly... I, uh, 
I, I don't even know what to say. I like, I'm, like, I'm like tripping over my own words. I seriously love this movie because this is the movie that is like the most excess 80s movie ever. I mean, if you want to talk about a movie that typifies... Typifies? That's a word. Okay. I got it right. <laughs> um, the sort of like really late 80s, early 90s... Uh, action. Action, like weird, like grungy movie. Yeah. This is it. All right. It is. And it's Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis and like chain smoking and making a point to call his wife a whore and like perfect. It, oh dude, it, this is the best movie. I love this movie. What's what's the story on brief? Okay. Well, basically what it is is Bruce Willis is a private investigator. Uh-huh. Who is um investigating the death of this pro football Excuse me, sorry. This pro football quarterback's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, he gets caught up in intrigue and mystery. Ooh, Ooh. and it turns out that, like, it, it you know, uh, the Senate is voting to legalize sports gambling, and it's this whole big thing. Uh, and it's uh, one of the Wayans brothers is the Marvel quarterback. Man, no, it's not Marlon. No, it's the, it, it's, it's the one on TV. Yeah. The between one. Marlon is the, the young one. The youngest. Keenan is the old one. The father, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and Halle Berry is a girlfriend that gets killed. Ah! Yeah, and she's one. a stripper. Of course. And so, you we know. We're talking the NFL. And we are also talking Simpson Bruckheimer. Uh, yes. So everybody has to be a stripper or a sports star <laughs> or a superhero, one of the two. Exactly. You know, but you no, know, it's um, Bruce Willis is investigating the death of this stripper, who is the girlfriend of the NFL quarterback who's been disgraced, mm. who redeems himself in the end, of, of course. course. And uh, uh, Bruce Willis is, uh, you know, he, his whole life is in turmoil and his. Wife hates him, and Aww. yeah, and so whatever. You sounds know, sounds like a sad guy. He is a sad guy. So this sounds like a deep character study. Oh yeah, for it everyone is. It's, involved. It, it is. It's 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 like you know, it's like uh, Biff Loman, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like what am I in the universe? Uh huh. I'm. It's Tony Scott's waiting for Godot. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Or waiting for Guffman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you on that one. Well, did, yeah, you mentioned that movie. I just see Parker Posey in a tiny chicken wing. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> but no, you I'm know what? Back the, into Dairy Queen. Anyway, yeah, but you know what? The funny thing is about that movie is that it's a total throwaway movie. Uh-huh. But it has some really good like images in it, and that's the thing I always liked about Tony Scott. You could take a fucking piece of shit movie. And he would make some great images out of it. This is true. And, okay, so going on from Last Boy Scout, what do we have? Uh, it's his one unqualified masterpiece. True Romance. Correct. That movie is fucking perfect. Yes. 
I love that movie. I can wholeheartedly agree. And see, this is this is holy crap. This is like a breakthrough. One time we actually agree. No, well, that mean, movie is, is like spectacular. And you know, it's hard to credit Tony because a lot of what's great about this movie has to do with Quentin Tarantino's script. Sure. But and this is my opinion. I have been talking way too much during this podcast. Well, this is where I start. This is where I've yeah, seen yeah, the pictures. Okay, good, good. <laughs> but um, I want to hear your opinion as to my opinion, which is that I don't know if there was somebody who could have made that movie fun, as except for maybe Tony Scott. Uh, I, I mean, it's a dark movie. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, you know, the the girl basically almost gets raped at one point, and you know, sure, but, but still, the movie I mean, overall feels fairly day, fun. I mean, well, sure, but think of any of Quentin's movies. You know, they're they're always comedic and dark. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, what's his name? Turning around in the parking lot, Jackie Brown is just shooting Bridget. Yeah, Bridget, yeah, Robert De Niro. Yes. And just, yeah. It's like, ah, what is it, this? Is it this? Yeah, I found it. <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd agree with that, but Tony made it a Tony movie. You know, there, there's no arguing that that conclusion, that concluding scene with Saul Rubinek and, you know, the FBI and blah, blah, blah. That's a Tony scene, you know, slow-mo, smoky. Feathers, feathers flying everywhere. Yes. Yeah. No, and you know, Tony really loved the smoke machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Tony and the smoke machine were best friends. And, you know. He slept with it at night. Oh, I know, right? He'd like <laughs> wake up in the morning. Hey, like, baby. Hello, smoke. Put out some more smoke for me. Yeah. No, but I mean, honestly, True Romance is like one of those movies where it's sort of like nobody knew Honestly, I I will say this. I think that nobody really knew what was going on with that movie. Yeah. Because it was really good. And there were two people that were really, like, creative and, like, had their own thing going. Mm. And they meshed well enough. And, like, it just flew completely under the radar. Yeah. Well, everybody knows it now. Well, now, yeah. But thanks to the interwebs. (laughs) Well, yeah. Or my podcast. Oh, wait, sorry. Our podcast. I don't think we've ever talked about it before. So I, I don't, don't think, think we can. We no, can... I, I'm sure we have. But yeah. no, like, honestly, I think True Romance was like, I mean, think about the people that were in that movie. There's a, a lot of people in that picture. Yeah. I mean. Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper, uh, fuck. Gary Oldman, yeah, in, like his weirdest role. weirdest role, like with the dreadlocks and the and grill, the grill yeah. and um, Val Kilmer, who you don't even see, you just hear. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I like you. I like you, Clarence. Always have, always, always will. will. Yep. And um, I mean, you know, Patricia Arquette. <laughs> she's sort of like the, you know, I mean, she's okay. You she... want to get pie? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, um, you know, there's, that movie is like a avalanche of cameos. Yes. And they're great. I mean, Christopher Walken 
<laughs> I mean, you're a kumquat or whatever. It's like. You're a cantaloupe. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's Christopher super... Walker, your son, fuckhead that he is. We have been quoting this movie for twenty fucking years. Pretty much, sir. I mean, it's like ridiculous how much <laughs> we know this movie. And it's uber violent, you know, when when she gets Tom Sizemore with the uh, oh, with the toilet. No, uh, the wine. The oh, with the corkscrew, yeah. Well, that's, that's his foot. But then she beats him to death with the uh, fucking toilet lid. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and I've seen the director's ah, cut. Yeah. I've seen the director's cut, and it's even worse. Sure, I have too. Yeah, it's, wow. I'm like, okay. But, <laughs> anyway. It's very po- Tony. The point is, it's very Tony, and it's very Hollywood. It's very slick. Yes. And it's awesome. It's like... One of my favorite movies ever. And I think that if you got somebody like, I don't know, whoever else to direct that movie, it wouldn't be as much fun. As much as that movie is a big old fucking bummer. <laughs> really, it well, is. Well, you know they had to change the ending. Yeah, because Clarence died in the original ending. Right. Which is a very Tarantino thing. But honestly, if you got somebody else to direct that movie, it would be a fucking bummer. But in this version, it's fun, even though it's really violent and you go, oh my God, like, really? (laughs) It's still fun. Yeah. You know, so that's why I love it. I love making fun of violence. (laughs) I had somebody tell me once that that movie is Brad Pitt's greatest performance. (laughs) I think I may have told you that. <laughs> you guys want to smoke a bowl? Oh, okay. Okay. That's that is so funny, honestly, because he's smoking pot out of the honey bear. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and of course, I probably it's got one of my favorite scenes, and it's a Quentin Tarantino. It's clearly a Quentin Tarantino thing. But when he goes to to audition for T.J. Hooker, oh fucking a two. Oh yeah, get him off. Hey, uh, shoot him. Conchata. Get him. Like, Bill Shatner's on your hood. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what's awesome. so weird, though, is it's like in that movie, they cast Bronson Pinchot as the go-between. Well, and it's like, was Taylor Negron not available? We will get to that. Because <laughs> he was in Last Boy Scout. Yes, right? he was. He got completely um, purified, by the way. Spoiler alert. Purified? Ta- yes, he did. You mean pureed? Oh, yeah. Pureed. That's what I mean. (laughs) That's what I mean. Uh, In Last Boy Scout, Taylor Negron falls into the uh, whirling blades of a chopper and gets completely and totally pureed. There you go. All right. Not purified. Well, you never know. He might have got purified. (laughs) But But anyway. Bronson Pinchot. Perfect anyway, strangers. Oh, I know, but this, the weirdest thing is, is, it's like he has one of those perfect moments in that movie where he's like, "I don't want to do this anymore. I just want somebody to take me away." Yeah. You know, and uh-huh. he was great in that moment. You know, yeah. I like. I don't know. Saul Rubinek a little better. You stabbed me in the heart. Oh, Saul Rubinek is the best. His best Joel Silver impression. Why are you calling me on my? Phone, especially on Sunday, and I have to do that little lisp he has. Sunday. Yes. Why are you calling me on my phone, especially on Sunday? Yes. That's Saul. <laughs> yeah. But 
Let's see. Who was he supposed to be? Joel Silver. Yeah. For all you listeners out there who missed it the first time, we actually went over this one time on a podcast. Yes, we did. Okay, so we have talked about uh, True Romance a little bit. Great fucking movie. I love that movie. Correct. Correct? Um, Okay, yes, I do. I'm glad that my opinion is correct. Good. Good. (laughs) Next movie? Now we enter... (sighs) The Dead... No, the coming out of the Dead Zone. For you, well, no, I, I've, I've seen everything from here on. Okay, good. Um, but uh, most of it, in my opinion, just isn't very good. Um, <laughs> after True Romance, he did Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide is an underrated movie. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's an overrated movie. No, it's an underrated. Movie. It's very Tony Scott. I'll give you that. It it's, is Tony Scott, but it's smoky underwater. Sure, it is. Kind of, but um, it's because people are smoking cigarettes in the submarine. And works. you know, he called in Quentin Tarantino to do a script polish, and that's where you can hear the you whole get the Captain Kirk thing. Yeah, in this Silver Surfer bullshit, whatever. Yes. Uh huh. Um, and only true those... movie nerds will know what we're talking about. Uh, I don't know if that's so true, but. Um, but you know, and there's a lot of good actors in there. Who, Gene who Hackman. Yeah. And the movie has weird, like racist overtones. It totally does. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? It, it It's not even undertones. It's overtones. It's yeah. like, Hey, you're a black guy. What the fuck am I listening to you for? Yeah. Um, it's, and this actually, this is a, a, important point in Tony Scott's career. It's where this is when him and Denzel got together. Correct. And outside of like two movies from now on, or three, sorry, three movies from now until his death, uh, were all had Denzel. With Denzel. Mm -hmm. And you know what the thing is? It's like Denzel Washington is considered one of the bigger movie stars out there. And he just loved Tony Scott. He would be in anything Tony Scott wanted him to be in. <laughs> True, or it seemed that way at least. Yeah, you know how many? You don't know how many times Denzel was like, oh, "I don't think." Oh, I'm Tony, you know what? Come on, man, really? <laughs> Deja vu. I'm oh, going to fine. make Book of Eli. Yeah. Oh, and that was a good decision. <laughs> but no, okay. Going back to Crimson Tide. Yes. Um, I think that movie actually is semi underrated because. It was much more well-made than uh, even, say, uh, Hunt for Red October. (laughs) It it was produced better. It was not a better movie. Okay? Okay, it was slicker because it was made by Tony Scott. Right. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's a better movie. Because it's not. You're right. It's not. (laughs) No, you're totally right. It's not. Uh-huh. But it looked better. Uh-huh. I mean, I go back and watch Hunt for Red October, and I get sucked into it every single time. Okay? Uh-huh. But uh, Crimson Tide looked better. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. But really? Yeah. Hmm. I think from a production standpoint, when, when the... The U.S. Navy gave them, like, submarines to play with in Hunt yeah. October. It's hard to argue with that. That's true. But at the same time, when you watch that scene where the 
torpedo is coming at the Red October. Okay. That looks pretty bad. There's like eight years of technological improvement. I know. I feel, you know what? I'm not trying to pick a fight here with you. But, it, it, you know, I think that Crimson Tide is, and again, in my opinion, yeah. it's an underrated movie. Good. It's, I think that it's, it's regarded less well than it should be. For me, this, this movie starts a, a long spiral for for Mr. Scott, where his movies become more and more vapid and less and less interesting. <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, I think that um, after Crimson Tide is where sort of uh, the quote-unquote Tony Scott style really kicks in. Well, that's for damn sure. And so that is a perfect... Or the, the late Tony Scott. This is, right. this is the maybe the, the last late... entry in early Tony Scott Totally, because slickness. this is like the Top Gun Tony Scott, yeah. as opposed to the Domino Tony Scott. Oh, God. And that would be a perfect spot to pause for the smoke break. Yay. Yay. Okay. Smoke break over. Ooh. Phil's got a fresh diet uh, Dr. Pepper. Ooh, yes I do. Hey, awesome. You <laughs> spoke the mics this time, not me. Woohoo! So, okay, we're transitioning into when Tony Scott became the later period Tony Scott. Correct. Which would be the fan, am I correct? Yes, you are. And the fan was an interesting movie because... It, if I remember right, it pretty much flopped. Yes. But it had Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Mm, yes. That's probably why it flopped. <laughs> what, Wesley Snipes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Robert De Niro, I mean, come on, you know. That, I know. He probably, uh, he was like, oh, fuck. This is one of those movies where I get the feeling he's like, oh, Denzel passed. Well, let's get, <laughs> let's get Wesley. I guess, I guess that's good enough, right? <laughs> okay, so you're, you're making the, the decision to go with either Wesley Snipes or, you know, Denzel Washington. Right. Uh, you know. But this was the movie where he sort of developed this, like, really sort of crazy style that he was known for later on. Correct. That would come of age in his next movie. This is the, the beginnings of the, the, the flashy... Yeah, different, different film stocks kind of thing that he, yeah. that he did. Yeah, like. and you know what's funny is that like I never my least favorite movie of his is The Fan, where but it's the mo the movie where he was sort of saying okay I'm gonna go crazy a little bit. Yes, and one of my favorite movies of his is the one where he goes even the most crazy. No, We'll get to his... Yes, his, we'll get to that. The heights of his excess. Yes, we will. I'm sure we will. But the fan, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great movie. It's not... It, there's not much to say about it, because... Dog's going crazy, sorry. Yeah. Um, but it's not really that good of a movie, honestly. It really isn't. <laughs> no, it, it, it's... And totally. even though Robert De Niro is in it, it's sort of like trying to cash in on the like taxi driver type of thing. I guess, or or uh, more likely, um, what is that? I've just forgotten the one with Jerry Lewis that he made. Almost oh, the same King movie. and Comedy. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. I mean, it's a latter day 
King of Comedy or Taxi Driver or whatever you want to say. Yes. And I'm a little surprised that De Niro did that because, you know, if it was me, and again, it's not me, but, (laughs) you know, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, shit, I did this already. Yeah. You know, but whatever. What can you say? Yeah. San Francisco Giants. (laughs) Go Giants. No, don't. Oh. Because I hate you. So okay. his next movie was was kind of like a, a return to big hit status for Tony. Yes. By latching himself onto Will Smith. Will Smith. Enemy of the state. Oh, yeah. This is the one I always forget. Because <laughs> I don't know why, but I always forget this movie. But uh, Enemy of the state. It's almost like uh, what you said. It's like. Well, Denzel didn't want to do this one, so we'll get <laughs> somebody else. You yes. know, um, it, Will Smith and um, uh, who was the the nerdy guy that was in it with Gene him? Gene Hackman. Well, not, no. <laughs> Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman is is the no 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 the young guy um, the the guy from uh, all the Will's or the uh, all the Kevin Smith movies. Jason something. News? No. Uh, no. Lee? Yes, Jason Lee. There you go. He was the guy that was (laughs) like the counterpart to Will Smith. This is a very early movie, as I recall, for Zach Galifianakis. He plays one. Really? Yes, he plays one of the guys at the NSA, you know. Really? Zooming the cameras in. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't like know and, that. Him and I... Seth Green, I think. Oh, yeah. Seth Green, yeah. Are like, well, we can resolve that image a little bit. You know? Well, see, this movie is where uh, I think that Tony Scott really got his, like, uh, very technical, like, we're going to zoom in and out. We're going to scroll across the whole world. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of uh, Gmail, or not Gmail, but, like, Google Earth style. Yeah. And, it's true. And at the time, it was sort of, honestly, like nobody really saw that very much. Correct. So, you know, you got to give it to him for that. But it's basically, true. that what that movie was, was Will Smith running away from everybody. Correct. And Gene Hackman yelling at him, <laughs> why did you blow that building up? Because you made a phone call! Yes. You know, it's like... What? Um, I mean, I remember seeing the trailer to that movie after I had seen the movie and going, really? Why would you cut that in there? Because it doesn't <laughs> really make any sense at all. It <laughs> doesn't really tell you anything. About it's you. sort of like, you know, Gene Hackman yelling at somebody. It's like, I think that if Gene Hackman was yelling at me, I wouldn't say anything anyway. <laughs> I'd be like, he's oh, Gene Hackman. well, and he's crazy. Been probably. Picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah. Give me a phone call. It's like, whoa, okay. He's full, like, crotchety old man. Mode. Yeah, no, he was totally in full-on crotchety old man mold. <laughs> mode. But, yeah, so after Enemy of the State... Um, comes a Spy Game. Spy Game is an interesting movie in the Tony Scott oeuvre. Oeuvre? Yes, why? Why? Tell me. Because it was a very Tony Scott movie. Yeah. But I think that in that movie, 
you can even just watching the movie, uh-huh. you can see that Tony Scott really had a lot of respect for Robert Redford. Yeah, I think that's true. He he sort of went, "Ooh, this is Redford." Like this isn't. <laughs> this is like his yeah. first legitimate movie. This, this, this isn't. This isn't uh, Denzel Washington or Tom Cruise. This is a. But see, that's weird to to say that yeah. because Tom Cruise is a much more bankable movie star than Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah, but Robert Redford's a lot more respected. Sure. And Tony Scott also had in his bag, you know, he made Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, yeah. So, anyway. But, no, I mean, I really, I feel like I've been talking nonstop, and well, I think is, that... this is your show. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to come out and be like, you know, start slamming a guy who just died. Okay, but I think that it was an interesting... I mean, I went to see this movie in the theater. Yes, me too. And... My take was, is that Tony Scott toned himself down just a little bit because of the fact that it was Robert Redford. I don't think that's true at all. I think, I think it, it was filled with flash pans. And, well, it was. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. The, thing, the same things he would, you know, he had been developing as a style for two movies now. Well, right. But the thing was, is that, like, I remember the scene where I really felt like it was a really Tony Scott movie uh-huh. was the one where... Uh, Redford and Brad Pitt were on the roof talking to each other. Yeah. And it was just that. flying around over and over and over again. I went, you don't, you don't really need this. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. I, I, I was, I was invested in that movie. I was like, I bought it, you know? Yeah. And yet, uh, I was like, you don't, you don't need this flying around the whole thing, you know? Because yeah. it just kept going around and around and around and around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I true. swear to God, they circled that fucking building <laughs> like 17 times. Yeah, yeah. I think, for me, this is one of Tony Scott's few, like, more adult pictures. Like, he actually tried to make a spy movie rather than just an action picture. Like yeah. Had yeah. So, I, I like this a lot more than I like most of his movies. Yeah, well, you know what? It's one of those movies that sort of, like, people don't really remember very well. Mm. I, I would guarantee you, if me and you just ask somebody, even somebody who's a movie, a movie fan, uh, you know, hey, Spy Game, they'd be like, oh, I think that Brad Pitt was in that, maybe. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. so, anyway, I mean, I, I think that was an attempt to sort of legitimize the whole style thing. Yeah. And, it, you know, I didn't have a problem with it at all. But for me saying that I don't have a problem with it is not exactly <laughs> the, you know, well, highest praise in the world. One thing you can say about Tony, and it's kind of, you know, for me, like, epitomized in this movie is, you know, he just kind of, you know, films something semi-exciting and lets Redford be Redford and Pitt be Pitt and they just do their thing. You well, know, he, I don't, you never get the feeling like he's like, let, let's get a little more emotional here, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's just not Tony. No, know? yeah, exactly. And the thing is, too, is it's like, one of the things is, it's like, they're just having a conversation on the rooftop and he's, he's got to make it exciting, right. you know? So that's why he's circling around it with a helicopter, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, it's just a conversation on a rooftop, <laughs> you know? 
And it probably doesn't even have to take place on a rooftop. Yeah, exactly. It could be just in like a broom somewhere or whatever exactly. and whatever. But, but he's got to spend a million dollars and get the yeah. helicopter shot. Yeah, yeah. That's I cool. mean, and that's, and that's one of the things I loved about him. It's like, you know, we'll even make a fucking conversation <laughs> exciting. <laughs> okay, so after Spy Game. It comes your favorite, Man on Fire. Man on Fire is fucking awesome. I love this movie. And you know what? This is one of those love it or hate it movies. And Clearly, you hate it. I hate it. And I, I it love it. Passion. Yes. It's a love it or hate it movie. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to try and convince you to love it. <laughs> because you just, don't. But I just never got it. And, and to me, this is when his style started to take off in new and uninteresting no, 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 no. directions. We missed one, though. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Where's Domino in this? It's right, it's next. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so Man on Fire, I love Man on Fire. That's I just like, never got this movie. I really? Mean, never. I, well, I think it's ugly. It's impo- It's. It is ugly. And I think that's why I like it. Because, honestly, like, um, and, you know, I'm not trying to, like, speak down to anybody or anything like that but like if if you have a kid and you sort of put yourself in the position of Denzel Washington in that movie uh-huh. being like you know he doesn't care about anything and then now he does and blah 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 um, you would completely identify with that but if you don't, you go, God, this guy's crazy, you know? This guy's a nutbag. Well, that, that's not what I, a problem that I have with the movie. I think it's overplayed, simply. It's poorly acted and confusingly filmed. And, it is and definitely... ugly. It is, it is very much, like, with the subtitles, uh, you know, in some places where you don't need them and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's very stylistically over the top. Uh-huh. And I don't know, and maybe it's because other people were doing it, but but there's a few movies, at least two, this one and the next one, where he really goes after a, a, with a yellow filter on everything, and that just to me, it's not visually appealing. Yeah, you yeah. Know I mean, and everything looks was... very green in that movie. It does. I mean, I know what you're saying, like. The thing that I didn't like about that movie was that it's like um, there was stuff that was subtitled that didn't need to be. And I'm sure that that was sort of a stylistic statement or some shit like that. But Well, no, I think Hollywood just never thinks that you go wrong underestimating an audience. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. You know, people (laughs) are stupid. Let's, uh, you know. But honestly, that movie really gets me. And again... It's probably more of an emotional reaction than yeah, sure. like a, I mean, every movie, everybody has those movies that personally connect with them. Sure. But, and, you know, uh, Christopher Walken, he's the best in that movie. Mm. He's like, his, his uh, art is death. <laughs> and he's about to paint his masterpiece. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, 
I'm sure that Tony Scott probably said to Christopher Walken, hey, you want to go down to, you know, Mexico City and make a movie? And he was yeah. like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> you know? Hey, okay. Okay. Um, as long as I get to be I... in the movie. <laughs> and it's like, what? You know? And that's the thing I love. It's Can like, you put uh, me in the, the slummiest slum in Mexico City? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but no, for whatever reason, and I'm sure it's just an emotional thing, but Man on Fire resonates with me, like, big time. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right or whatever, but it really does. Well, there you go. I mean, (laughs) you know, we're talking about the films of one Mr. Tony Scott. Yes. But that is one of the sort of most, uh, like, ADD movies yes. I've ever seen. And and he reached his uh, pinnacle with this with his stylistic choices with the flash pads and the grainy film stock, blah, 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 with the next one, which is Domino. Domino. Yeah. And in fact, I think that Domino is probably my least favorite Tony Scott movie. It's by far his worst. Yeah. it's It's really like one that Sort of felt like he was just sort of phoning it in. No, I don't. I don't think that's true at all. I think this was a passion project for him. You think so? I know it was. This was this was a big passion for him, and it was a massive turn. I mean, it it just doesn't work on any level. Well, the reason I say that it feels like it's phoning it in, it's like it almost feels like he was just making a quote unquote Tony Scott movie. I, no, I, I think he was. I mean, this is this is the height of the style that he had in Man of Man on Fire. This is that to the nth degree. Well, to me, this is like the the like the bad version of that. <laughs> well, from my perspective, it's all bad. Oh man! To me, I, to me, I don't know. To me, that whole style looks cheap. Like you're trying to, like, um, because you can't support the story, you're going to make it more flashy. See, I don't get that at all. Because, like, I don't get that. Not that I don't understand what you're saying, but, like, I don't get that impression at all. Mm. Like, I get the impression that, like, if you, uh, you know, put 15 cuts that are actually making a point, as opposed to somebody like Michael Bay, who's just cutting to cut. Mm. If you actually try to make those cuts uh, to make an impression, then there's a reason behind it. Yeah. Not just, yeah. you know. Now, now, the other thing, you know, it's like, it, it seems to me that, that that this uptick stylistically for him may, have been, may be in response to other people doing his shtick. Oh, I'm sure. You know, Michael Bay and yeah. Antoine Fuqua and all well, those yeah. other guys that came out in the mid-90s were doing Tony Scott. Yes, stuff. they and were. So they totally to, were. He had to pump it up a little bit. Yeah, and yeah then, like, to uh, me, like, you to know. To differentiate himself. And for me, it just doesn't work. Well, I get what you mean. Because you're right. I mean, Michael Bay would not exist without Tony Scott. Yeah. Or, or Ridley Scott. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Ridley Scott, you know. I'm sorry for your loss, but at the same time, Tony Scott 
wouldn't. I mean, Michael Bay would not exist without him. It's true. You know, um, and he laid uh, the rails. Yeah, and you know, okay, so uh, Domino is Domino. I mean, it, it's, it literally, it's, it's a passion project for him. Like he knew the girl. Yeah, and and yeah, he, really he actually thought knew that the real there should girl. be a, a, a you know a movie about this girl. There just wasn't enough there, and yeah, and you had Kira Knightley like climbing on the walls. You know what, was... though, honestly, I think that Kira Knightley is not the right person to play that part. But whatever. I mean, everybody has hits or misses. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hit. I'm not here to say that Tony Scott, every single thing he ever did was like <laughs> gold. You know. Yeah. So okay, after Domino, uh, Deja Vu. Deja Vu is an interesting movie to me. Because it's a super interesting premise, not executed very well. Yeah. And um, I like Val Kilmer, and I like uh, Denzel Washington, Uh but it's an odd movie. It's like, (laughs) honestly, when I was watching it, I went, there were certain parts where I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And then there were certain parts where I was like, oh man, I don't know. (laughs) Really though, it's it's a it's a very interesting movie. Yeah. Like if you if you took that premise in the right direction, mm-hmm. it would be much better than that movie actually was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it. I mean, for me, it's like it was just doing the New Orleans thing, and it was. You know, I have a hard time with almost anything with Jim Caviezel in it, but <laughs> Passion of the Christ. I've never even seen it. Uh oh. <laughs> now we're gonna do a Jim Caviezel podcast. Yeah. No. Anyway. No. I honestly, it was an interesting premise. It really was. I guess. And it's just thing- it's this movie is, has totally faded from my mind. Like I remember, like a bomb on a like a, a, a boat of some kind. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but that's it. I mean, it's it's just. Like, it just flew by. I know, I've seen it, I don't remember. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what the thing is, though? Is it like, it's it's a somewhat forgettable movie. Yes. But it's a very interesting premise. And that's why I was sort of disappointed by it. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's actually a very interesting theory and, or mindset or whatever you want to say. Uh-huh. But it's... The movie itself, it's sort of like, eh. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't really care about this one girl, you know. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, it's like if I cared about it, I would feel like I was more invested. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And you know, Val Kilmer is really fat. <laughs> Just to be very catty. Yes. yes. You know, that but was... Val Kilmer, it's time to go on Atkins. I'm sorry, <laughs> but wow. You were really bad. Yes, that was at the height of his like self-destruction. Um, so after Deja Vu yeah. is taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, the remake. That movie is underrated, in my opinion. It's alright. It, I mean, it. I have a hard time with it because the original is so good. I, yeah, I get that. And, and you know, they do their own thing, and, uh, you know, but... But to me, you just rack him up, and and Travolta versus you know what, no, I've forgotten his name, and uh, and Walter Matthau versus Denzel. I mean, it's just like uh, it, yeah. it's outclassed in the old one. Yeah, but you know what though? Honestly, this movie to me, Robert Shaw. 
<laughs> okay. Um, but no. Honestly, taking a Pelham 123 is actually, to me, one of Tony Scott's more underrated movies. Because it because Travolta gives everything he has in that movie. And you know, whatever. It, it you know, you think that he had, he doesn't have anything or whatever, but he really gives it. And um <clears throat> Denzel Washington is honestly relatively perfect for that role. Mm. He like the reluctant hero kind of thing. Sure. Um and um Travolta just like you know when I saw the previews for that movie I went oh man really Travolta <laughs> like I don't know doing the I same don't, Travolta I don't thing really he's been buy doing it. for a decade yeah. yeah I'm like I don't really buy it you know but when I saw the movie I went man actually he was really good hmm. um so you know I to me I don't to me it was just like a remake for remake's sake like they don't innovate the story at all it's they just you know add in those the like whatever video cameras inside the car and what have you. But well, but that's about like like they don't up the ante in the movie in any way. Like well, they're you just know, like hey, that's a good story. Let's just shoot that. Sure. Well, I, I don't argue with that. I just think that like if you're gonna remake a movie that was basically not a you know necessarily a list movie to start with. It was. If you, well, maybe. B-plus movie. Um, you know, you might as well remake it well. And I think that they did. Yeah. To me, they, really they did. just didn't. And in fact, it didn't, that would have... It didn't that, match up with the quality of the original. I mean... All right. It, it's It's a simple, like, A, B, the, the original is ten times the movie. That's because Robert, you, like, uh, you know... It's just it, that's because you like the actors in the original. No, because it's just damn good. Well, it is good. You're right, but the the remake is bad, just because. Well, yeah, but it, they don't it, have it, the same actors. Well, no, but what I mean is, is that it, I mean, in comparison, it pales. It's just when you when you remake yeah. a movie, you got to make it better, and they didn't. Well, okay, then on its own, what would you say? It's, you can't take it on its own. It is a remake, therefore... Okay, fine. <laughs> it does you know have I mean? one of the best car crashes ever. Oh, yeah? The, where the car falls off the bridge? Okay, I don't remember. I remember telling you, I came out of the movie, and I called you, and I said, this was one of the best car crashes I've ever seen. <laughs> I have no recollection. All right. All right. Next. <laughs> uh, next is the last is Unstoppable. I like Unstoppable. It's pretty good. I watched I, it just this last week. In fact. It's been on cable like more or less incessantly. Yeah. But I will say this. I have to give uh, a lot of credit to Tony Scott because he can make a train driving down the tracks exciting well right and that's one thing i i I agree with is you know you know obviously a train is a powerful 
thing. It weighs 9,000 tons or whatever. But most people, you know, you don't know it because it just right. rides on its tracks. And, you know, you sit there at the light and you wait for it to go by. But yeah, there's a lot yeah. of power behind it. Oh, and, yeah. and he manages to convey that pretty well. Yeah, I think that, that I think that, that was uh, one of the things that I really liked about that movie is that, like, you know what? You cannot stop this. Mm. If you, it, you know, if, if. It's unstoppable. Yeah. But no, really. I mean, it's like, people think about that, like, what, never? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, well, what if one of these trains just sort of barrels through your town? And wow. honestly, I, I, I felt like, I, I thought, like, Man, if I was going to direct a movie, I'd be like, uh, you know, okay, you're going to direct a movie about a train going, you know, uh, out of control. I'd be like, um, okay, we'll put the brakes on, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, it, it, you know, he managed to make it exciting. He surely did. I so, enjoyed the picture, even though I hate Chris Pine. I really do. I like Chris Pine. He's a and then who else is in it? Denzel. Yeah, Denzel. Denzel and Rosario Dawson, and a bunch of other weird guys. T.J. Miller, yes. who is from Denver, by yes. the way. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say this is uh, one of his better pictures. I think it 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 works on a, on a lot of levels that normally Tony Scott's movies don't work on. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the weird thing is too is it's like. Uh, Honestly, it's like, who do you know that could make a picture about a train? I don't think just, that's an... Un- no, no, no. There it's are not, lots of good not, historical not, movies about trains. Right. Well, it's not unprecedented. Right. I'm just saying that, like, in the internet era, or whatever you want to say, mm. you know, where people have, like, half a second, you know, attention spans. Uh-huh. He made it exciting. And I was like, sure. really? You know, a train that is out of control? I mean, that, you know, most it's people not like, would be like... Uh, Yann yeah. hadn't done it 10 years yeah, before. Right. You know, does it jump over a fucking bridge? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... On does, you know, Sunset yeah. Boulevard? Come yeah, on! Exactly. Are you crashing into the subway? What? Exactly. But no, I mean, honestly, I think that... Um, I think that uh, that was overall. Mister Tony Scott has influenced me myself mm. a lot, and honestly, I was and also Spider. But um, <laughs> really, I mean, you know, all kidding aside, I um, Spider. All kidding aside, I really, really, I mean, I grew up with the Tony Scott movies, and I was actually really, like, it, I didn't, when I heard what happened, I was really sad. Yeah, I know. So. It was unexpected, that's to say the least. Yeah. Um, so, so give me your top three. My top three. Top okay. three Tony Scott movies of all time. Okay. Top three Tony Scott movies. 
Let's see. Uh, in order? or yes. In order. One, two, okay. and three. Okay. Or three and two and one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number one has to be true. Okay. Number two... Man on man on fire. Okay. Uh, true romance, man on fire, and then Top Gun. All right. And the reason that I put Top Gun in there uh-huh. is because it made such an impact on me as a kid. Sure. I mean, that was one of the movies that, like, you know, I, you know, I literally sat there in my mom's car <laughs> and imagined MIG fighters of course, flying of around. Course. Isn't that, I mean, it's just so funny, you know, thinking of us roughly the same age and, and, you know, you're watching Top Gun and I'm like, Blade Runner. Yeah, I <laughs> know, right? That's just the difference between us. Yeah, well, okay, your top three Tony Scott movies. Um, that's pretty easy for me. There are only a few I like. Um, I'd say True Romance is number one, then Spy Game, then Unstoppable. Good, good list. I think that I mean those are those are probably his most adult pictures. Probably, I think actually that Unstoppable was sort of more adult than most people would sort of expect or whatever. Well, yeah, and 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 the thing you notice about about Unstoppable and uh, Pelham was that his style started to fade like he got bored with that and yeah. so so he it wasn't as flashy and well the thing that i noticed about the taking of Pelham 123 mm. was that he toned it down some yeah by a long and, shot and yeah. continued and unstoppable yeah and even though you could tell it was a tony scott movie right. in unstoppable sure um the taking of Pelham 123 he was like sort of not like it's not like the camera was like jerking all over the place yeah. and it, you know i mean john travolta was actually on camera most <laughs> of the time you know what i mean yes so true. you know i and mean not flash panned into slow-mo right or, or yeah weird shit anyway yeah so okay tony scott honestly we salute you sir we do and, and honestly and, and and you know i'm gonna sound like a complete asshole but i think that if I had a style that I was going to make a movie, uh, Tony Scott would be like the closest that I could get. Yep. So, Mr. Tony Scott, we salute you, sir. And this podcast is dedicated to you. So, keep on making movies wherever you go. <laughs> All right? Can you take us, believe take it, us sir? out, Phil. Oh, I'm sorry, I stepped all over you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, right.